podcast with me, The Rude Barmaid. I like to pause there, um, as you know that if I had money I would have a, a little bit of intro music, but I don't, I'm doing this on my laptop with a £7 uh, microphone I bought off Amazon and I'm just going to start a timer because I'm currently using a free version of uh, a bit of software to make these podcasts and I can only record 28 minutes, so the goal is to keep it under 28 minutes. Um <laughs> I am recording this today in my house being at the absolute worst state I think it's been in in weeks. I've been in full nest mode. I am 39 weeks pregnant tomorrow. Um, baby's not coming. I had a midwife appointment today. He's not even engaged. Um, so <laughs> I've just been uh, tidying and cleaning and getting everything ready for when he does arrive because I can't tidy or clean once he's here. Um, but I do have an 18 month old toddler who doesn't respect the clean house rule so just destroys everything. So um, I put him to bed and I thought before I did anything else I need to do a little bit of something for me and I thought I would uh, come and rant to you guys for a little bit and then I'll go uh, be a mum again. Um, anyway, what I'm drinking tonight, I am drinking from Mash Gang, obviously, uh, because they have been my saviours throughout this lockdown. It is a Mash Gang and Fierce Beer collab. It is Very Small Moose, which is a chocolate and vanilla imperial stout. Again, they throw around the word imperial, but it's only 0.5%. Uh, it's delicious. It's honestly been my saviour. As you know, many of you know, if you come into the pub, if you know me personally, you know that I love an imperial stout. So finding something that works and hits those flavour notes for me while pregnant has been amazing. And I'm wondering if I can get the sound of the can opening. Delicious. Okay, so now we've got that out of the way, um, I'm going to well, this episode, oh, tutted, I'm really trying not to tut. That annoyed me in the first episode, so I apologise for the tutting. So, um, and the breathiness. Oh, this is because I've got a baby in my lungs, though, so you have to forgive the breathiness. That will get better once the baby's been born. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, inclusivity within the beer industry. Um, being a woman in beer, being part of a family of women in beer you know my mum also run, works at the 4L tap room my sister runs the 4L tap room I am friends with um, other women who work within the industry um, just to name a couple there's Shez at the Portcullis and there is Maz at Olaf's they are all brilliant wonderful strong women um, and unfortunately I don't think any of these experiences are unique to me um, Sorry, very out of breath, honestly. You try having a baby in your lungs. You tell me how, how well you can breathe. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that kind of mentality within the industry. Um, and one of the movements that I'm really behind and that I absolutely adore is the Brave Noise uh, collab, um, which is, you know, working towards a discrimination-free beer industry. Um, and what's really interesting, I think, about beer in general is that actually a lot of the, well, I, one of the terms that I really like is beer witch. Um, and I am jumping around through the stories here. And you, as you know, I don't cut. I don't, uh, I do it all in one go. So, um, yeah, I'm going to jump around the stories a little bit. But I always like referring to myself as the beer witch. Um, and what's really interesting about that is that a lot of the imagery of a witch um is associated with actually the 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 ale wives the brewers wives um so it's not all from that it's it's uh, there is a lot of other elements that sort of played into the sort of witch folklore and the the imagery that we associate with witches but some of it does relate to 
the beer industry, which I think is just so interesting. And it is one of my favourite little tidbits of facts that I like to bring out um, at Halloween. Um, so I'm just having a quick scan through. I do know most of this information anyway, but um, yeah, so it was part of the the sort of domestic household jobs. So, you know, kind of still a bit misogynistic, but at least. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes, it, so it was one of the household jobs. Was that basically, water was, as many of you will know, uh, water was, uh, wasn't safe to drink. Um, and so a weak beer would be brewed that made it safe to drink. Um, and that was a woman's job. It was part the same as making bread. You would make the beer to be drank. Um, so, yeah, it that's it's an it's ancient. This is, I mean, the article I'm reading here is that humans have been drinking beer for seven thousand years, and the original brewers were women. You know, we are, we've been doing this a lot longer than the men. Um, <laughs> but they don't like you like it when we remind them of that. Um, so yeah, if you went back into the, sort of the Middle Ages, um, into a market in England, and I am reading this from an article. Um, I am going to sort of paraphrase it a little bit though. But women wearing tall, pointy hats. In many instances, standing in front of big cauldrons. Obviously, the cauldrons were to brew the beer. The tall, pointy hats supposedly um, were so that you could see them in a crowd because the women were sort of tended to be shorter and you couldn't see them. So by wearing a pointed hat, you could see where the the breweries, where the, the where they were brewing, were. Um, they had cats for their stores because obviously you'd have a cat in the middle ages because you didn't have like doors or locks or things in the same way and your grain was quite often stored on the floor so you'd have rats and mice so you'd have a cat and that's how we have like the association of the the cat with the witches um and yeah it was uh kind of how how it started is that uh well not even how it started this is i'm talking middle ages here and as i say we've been women have been brewing beer for seven thousand years um and this is only talking about what two three hundred maybe four hundred years ago this is this is not this is not a uh, oh fifteen hundred fifteen hundred so five hundred years ago this is not like new new information um but yeah to reduce the male brewers saw an opportunity to reduce their competition in the beer trade some accused female brewers of being witches and using their cauldrons to brew magic potions instead of booze um because isn't it easier to tell women that they've done something wrong rather than uh, work with them uh some women were accused of witchcraft ostracized in their communities imprisoned or killed um some men didn't believe that women were witches however many did believe that women shouldn't be spending the time making beer <laughs> if a woman couldn't brew ale there would be significant more time at home to raise their children i mean i mean christ it, it what's disappointing about that is that it doesn't sound that much different to some people's views from today you know it sounds like uh we are going around in circles a little bit here um but anyway, so I just I wanted to mention that this is sort of where where beer came from. Um, one of the first I think um, recipes for beer was actually written as a ritual to. Um, I'm going to make sure I get the name right. Goddess of beer. Nin. Oh, I'm going to pronounce it so wrong. Nin Ninkansky. Nikansi was the Sumerian goddess. Sum Sum I am so bad at pronunciations. Oh my god. Imagine being like someone that's trying to promote 
uh, equality within the beer industry and uh, women in beer and then not being able to pronounce like the earliest <laughs> uh, information relating to it. Ninkasi was the Sumerian goddess of brewing. The hymn not only praises her, but it provides a recipe for beer from, from to make beer from barley bread. And that's one of the first recipes of beer. So that is, again, women. It's women. Women are amazing. Uh, we do not give women enough credit in this industry, in, in any industry. We're still behind. We're always fighting. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think it's. I, th- I think this is quite an important topic and quite an important point, and that's why I wanted to do it sort of earlier on um, in these episodes, um, just to sort of mention that. So yeah, there's then there's this Brave Noise collaboration, which has been going. I think since last year, twenty twenty one, we had um, a Brave Noise collab beer in from uh, Mirakai or Meraki. Again, I am terrible with pronunciation. I want to call them Mirakai. I want, no, I want to call them Mir- I think I want to call them Mirakai. I feel like that sounds I feel like that sounds right. But it could be Miraki. Great great brewery, husband and wife team. Uh love them. Um and the beer we had on was really, really good. Um and what annoys me <laughs> um what annoys me so much about it is that when we had it on, um I was working with our assistant manager Sam. Uh, and this guy came in and he was, you know, can I try the beers? What IPAs we got? And Brave Noise is an IPA. Um, so we sort of gave it to him and Sam gave him the sort of little spiel about it. Like, you know, it's um, promoting diversity within the industry and to make it like less discriminatory uh, for, you know, minorities and for women. And this guy, so this he's actually on my list. He's number 61 on my list. His response was, is that a big problem? And it was like... Well, yeah, you know, it is. It's a problem within the industry. It's like, yeah, but it's a problem in every industry. Why is your industry any, any so special? <laughs> like, that's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is that surely that it's a problem in every industry. Just my people in my industry are working to make it better. I'm sorry that the people in yours want to keep it the same. Because <laughs> um, actually, as um, you know, when when you work together with um minorities and women and indigenous people and from you know, you draw on that wealth of knowledge from so many different aspects of the world, you're going to do better, you know, it's such a ridiculous mindset to think that you are better than anybody else, when working together is always going to yield much better results, um, I find it absolutely shocking, um, <laughs> and yeah, that's always really sort of, um, it's really bothered me, that sort of mentality, um, and that he said it about this beer that was literally promoting diversity. Um, oh, yeah, it's a uh, wow, wow. And then you sometimes, and you, you know, it was one of those moments where um, he said it, and I sort of looked at him like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like, <laughs> and like that his argument to this was wasn't that um, misogyny wasn't a thing within the industry or that discrimination wasn't a thing within the industry was that it was just a thing in every industry and therefore it we should just accept it just accept (laughs) just hey ladies just accept that like people are misogynists just accept it i don't really see what the big what the fight is you got the vote didn't you let's leave it there just i mean (laughs) you have to laugh because otherwise you cry don't you because you like 
you can't believe these people exist. And this isn't like an old guy. This isn't like someone who was maybe retired and very set in their ways. Not that I think that's an excuse by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think that just because you have lived a life that you don't get to then learn. You know, every day is a school day. And I think you should take on board what other people are telling you, particularly when people who are telling you what you're saying is wrong or offensive are peoples of the group that you are offending. I always think that's quite a really, you know, that's a clear indicator. If someone has said, hey, you know, you can't say that, it affects my me and my people, you can't then be like, oh, well, it's just how I was raised. No, 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 you can learn. You can still learn. You can still improve. Uh, just because you're, I don't know, 69 and that's all you've ever learned, that's all you've ever known. Today, well, today, from tomorrow, from 69 and 285 days, you're going to be a better person. Um, so, yeah, I just... <laughs> That really annoyed me, and it annoys me now. Oh, I can feel my blood boiling. Oh, if I always take my blood pressure now, I think they'd probably admit me and induce me immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, the mentality that like, oh, but that's the same in every industry, so I don't really get what your point is. I mean, wow. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, yeah, misogyny and a... Uh, the ale house unfortunately is not it's not a thing from my my husband obviously he's um he's fantastic and he is actually this is something that I do want to talk about excuse me um so when I first opened the pub with him um there was a few instances where I noticed this misogynistic sort of um input towards me uh, from customers or people would refuse to be served by me and they would only want to be served by him um, and it happened far more regularly than I would like to admit. Um, well, not that I would actually. Do you know what? I admitted it every time because I love having a rant about it because it annoyed me and it pissed me off. Um, I'm so sorry. That beer is like repeating on me a little bit. So I just have to keep pulling away from the microphone because as you know, I don't cut. I just, I keep going. We're going to power through. Um, so, Yeah. Quite often when I fir- when we first opened, there were these instances of uh, men, it was always men, who wouldn't want to be served by me because they'd wait for the landlord. Um, and st- my husband, Steve, he always thought I was being a bit sensitive. He was like, oh no, they can't really have said that. They can't really have thought that. Like, are you sure you're not being a bit oversensitive? Which, by the way, don't tell a woman that she's being fucking sensitive. <laughs> you know, it's not going to go well for you. So I used to get really annoyed at him. And I was like, no, I'm not making this up. This is exactly what they've said and how they interact with me. And I just feel like, what's the point? Why am I even trying to do this job? Why am I here literally working my ass off when these people are like, oh, no, I don't want to be served by you because you're a woman. Um, and actually, the first person to ever make my list when um, he, he came in, I will talk about him in another episode because... Uh, Oh, he he somehow said so many wrong things so quickly. <laughs> he was the first person we ever barred as well. But anyway, so what he'd actually said is that he'd asked for a taster of, of one of the dark beers um, that we had on. And it was, I can I, I remember it because it is my absolute favourite beer of all time. It is the Creme Brulee Stout from New Bristol. Oh, it is divine it is the one I cannot wait it's the first beer I'm going to drink once this baby is out of me I cannot wait um it's in the fridge it's chilling it's waiting for me um so um there's the creme brulee stout as I say my personal absolute top tier favorite beer get it in every time that um it's available um and he asked for a taster of it I poured him a taster and he said and I was he was like 
no, that's not what happened. Hang on, let me backtrack a little bit. He said, what is the dark beer like? And I said, oh, it is the creme brulee stout from New Bristol. It's absolutely delicious. It's 7%. It's thick. It's creamy. It's like custard. It's blah, 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 blah. It's absolutely everything that you could ever want in a dark beer. Before I could get through my whole spiel, though, I got to like it, you know, like, uh, um, and he cut me off and said, oh, don't worry, women can't drink dark beer. Just get me a taster. <laughs> so I got him the taster. Then he complained that the taster was too big. Could you imagine complaining that someone was being too generous to you? Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine complaining that someone was too nice, particularly when you've just been a fucking dickhead. Anyway, um, so that's a, a little bit of a... That was my first sort of real encounter, I think, with misogyny within the bar. One, the one that I can really remember the sticking out at me anyway. There was a few, I think, before we opened where people would see me sort of helping set up. Um, and they'd ask me who was running it. Now, obviously, initially, as we discussed in the first episode, in the last episode, um, I didn't want to run the pub. I was doing it to help my husband and not because it was my job. So technically, I guess they were right. But it's annoying me that the assumption was always that it couldn't possibly be mine. Um... Which does actually bring me on to another item on the list, which is number 22. Now, this one doesn't happen quite so much now, um, but mainly because I don't work very much at the moment. I'm too pregnant, my feet are too swollen, and I can't stand for eight-hour shifts. But um, when I was working, and actually, when we worked with our first assistant manager, Reese, who was absolutely brilliant, so we've done to do some very, very cool things now, um... Quite often in the bar, if me and him were working together, people would assume that he was the owner. He's he was young. Now I'm not not old, but he he was a, he was a young man. He's I think he was 21 when we first opened, um, and it was just the assumption that because there was no other man there, it must have been his. Um, and you know that rolls on as I say, you know people will refuse to be served by me when my husband's there because my husband is clearly the one in charge um and that still happens now um they will see me and my assistant manager sam we're working together uh we get on really well and um obviously i am noticeably pregnant as well the last few shifts that i worked um and anybody would just be like oh do you run it together which always annoyed me, um, because yes, we could run it together, but also why is the assumption that I could not run it on my own? I, you're, you're asking me a question, I'm telling you all these answers about all the beers that we get and where we buy them from, all of our different wholesalers, um, all the different breweries that we work with, that we opened in June 2019, how many beers we've done. You know, I'm answering all these questions clearly very confidently. Why is the assumption immediately, is this your husband? Because there's a man here, so you clearly... I mean, you can't do this on your own, right? Um, and I'm every time, me and him are like, no, this is... We're no, no, not together. Um, he's the assistant manager, and I'm the owner. And they're like, oh. Oh, you're the owner. Fucking yes. Because me and my husband... Basically, me and my husband don't work together anymore. Um, not be for any reason that we don't get on or anything like that. We get on really well, actually. We've always loved working together. We met working together, so working together and living together has been second nature for us but because we have a child um and soon to have two children we found that we can actually work without needing childcare quite effectively where if one of us is at work the other one's at home so for example on like a friday or a saturday which are the longer shifts those are the only days that we open at 12 um 
usually, not now, I'm too pregnant, too big, too heavy, gravity has a different effect on me, all that shit. Um, so what we were doing is that one of us would work for it, would stay at home with the baby until sort of mid-afternoon, and then we'd walk down to the pub, swap over, and the other one would take over to do the clothes. And that worked really, really well for us. So, But it meant that we never actually worked together. The only day that we worked together was on a Sunday when we do Sunday cheese board. It's a short shift, um, and I am still working for Sunday cheese board unless I am in labour, I think. I, I just, I love Sundays. They're always really nice people. It's always all of our regulars, and if they're not regulars, then they're lovely people because they're Sunday drinkers. They're not... Not, it's not rowdy, it's midday, people come in, they have a coffee, they have a bit of cheese, they have a beer, they chat, everyone's really social, everyone's really nice, everyone's really patient, Sundays are my absolute favourite day, so if you want to come in and catch me in a good mood, Sunday's the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just the, the assumption that because I'm there working, I can't possibly, even though they, so they've clearly made it up in their mind that I've spoken confidently enough that I must be an owner, They've not decided that, oh, she's just like a really involved employee. They're like, oh, well, she knows too much. So she must be an owner. But she can't possibly own it on her own. Now, yes, I know that the facts of the matter are that I don't own it on my own. (laughs) So it feels a little bit like I might be angry about nothing. But it's the assumption that I can't possibly run it on my own. Does that make sense? I know that I don't run it on my own. But why can't I? Particularly when, like, some of my idols... Okay, so woman that I absolutely absolutely completely adore Lucy Doe from the Dodo she runs the Dodo on her own she is a tiny woman and she like hefts all these casts around she does everything all on her own if she can do it why do you look at me and think I can't do it but then I think the thing is is people look at her and think that she can't do it (laughs) and which is that's just even worse to be honest isn't it because she's like she was like the original she wasn't the she's not the original I know she's but you know she is the reason why when we first opened or were looking at opening West Street the first account I followed was hers on Instagram because I was like this woman's amazing she's so inspiring um and sometimes she messages me on on Instagram and I feel very feel very important when she does I love her I think she, she's honestly my idol I can't wait one day I'm gonna meet her and I think I might fangirl I'm very excited she's awesome um <laughs> but yeah so all of those stories there so all the points on my list that we're talking about 22 61 and number one the original um all sort of uh, basically compounding the fact that when we first opened the pub I was telling Steve that these people were being sort of sexist, misogynistic, rude, um, they weren't taking me seriously, and he thought that I was making it up, or that I was taking it too seriously, or taking it to heart, or I was just being overly sensitive, and I definitely wasn't, and it, that was a real eye-opening moment for him, when he started overhearing it, he started actually listening to what people were saying to me, and he was like, oh my god, they are rude to you, he's like, you're not, he's like, I'm, I'm really sorry for like, not, not believing you, because, he was, like, I, he was like, I just didn't believe that people like that existed. I didn't believe that people really existed. He was like, they're like caricatures. They're like, you know, the, the people that you see on TV from old sitcoms that you're like, had this misogynistic asshole. Kind of funny because it's a joke and it's, it's dated. He was like, they don't really exist in real life. And now I'm listening to them and here they are in my pub and they're talking to my wife that way. And I don't really know what to do. So uh, we've had a lot of conversations about how um, he can be supportive of me because I don't, I don't, I don't need a white knight either. Like, perfectly capable of standing up for myself, and I would be annoyed at a white knight. Steve, Steve's trying to be a white knight and standing up for me. In some situations, I do need him to, 
but generally um no I'm completely capable of saying what I need to say and when I say that I need him to stand up for me or it's not it's more of a backup so if I've refused to serve someone I've cut someone off because they've been rude to me they will quite often try and turn to him to see if like oh the landlord will sort me out and Steve will just obviously back me up and be like no if Kat says you're out you're out um but I don't yeah I don't need defending um but he does he you know we've, we've had a lot of conversations about how we as a business can be more inclusive and be a safe space and be a safe bar and be a safe place for women and um, minorities. And particularly, we have a huge LGBTQIA plus community that come into our, uh, come into our real house and they're fucking lovely. Um, and I can tell you, I'd rather have them in than a lot of the sort of older camera, camera knobs, you know, like can tell you a who spends more money b who doesn't complain about beer being hazy um and and see who the better conversation is um they're just more fun they're nicer to talk to they're better to be around um than some of this sort of older uh camera set in their ways got to be fined got to be a 3.8 percent uh traditional ale or it's not beer drinkers um, and I'm really trying not to be too general here because some of the members of camera are absolutely fantastic and wonderful and lovely. Uh, but there is definitely like a core group that I think um, I think aren't. Um, <laughs> and yeah, again, I'm trying to be careful with what I say because I don't want to I don't want to piss camera off. You know, we're in the Good Beer Guide. Camera have done a lot of good things for us, but there is definitely a unfortunately a, a sort of undertone of that community that is um, very old school. And as I say, that's not an excuse. You can continue to learn and continue to improve. But one one example for that's just come to my mind now is um, for International Women's Day, the camera Facebook page uh, posted they were doing a couple of women-led events. Awesome, brilliant. And they had like different brewers, female brewers. They were going to be on like Zoom talking about the process and the, the time of the industry and so on, so on, so on. Which is awesome for camera. And that's the thing is that camera at its core at the the top end is really trying but the comments from camera members were like oh god when did camera get so woke why are we trying to do this trying to appease all the snowflakes um beer is for men i can't believe that you're trying to make this into a women's issue or a political issue or and it's just and that's really upsetting because camera are trying but then you have camera members who do not ever want anything to change uh, and I think that's really upsetting because I think camera at its core and what it should be and what it stands for and what it means is really important um, I just feel that there are a, a select not even a select number it's a large number of people who are members of the camera um, organisation who aren't <laughs> who are not up to date on what's going on and who are so out of touch that uh they think that that's acceptable. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, I'm just looking at my uh, timer now, and I've got about a minute and five seconds left. So I am going to move on to just saying uh, my goodbyes. Um, thank you once again for listening to me rant um, and have a go at just anybody who comes into the pub that pisses me off. Um, <laughs> I do find it therapeutic. I have enjoyed drinking a beer, uh, and now I am going to go and uh, tidy up my living room and do the dishes because mum life. Anyway, thank you so much and I hope to be back soon.